Hi everyone and welcome to the latest ELHT audio podcast. My name is Sufyan Kala and I'm the host for today's episode. This week is Fraud Awareness Week and on today's podcast we'll be talking about what fraud is, the impact it can have on the NHS and how to report fraud. I'm joined today by a fellow NHS colleague who is also extremely well versed on this topic. Hello all, I'm Sarah Bailey and I work for Mersey Internal Audit Agency and I'm the Trust Anti-Fraud Specialist for East Lancashire Hospitals NHS Trust. Thank you and welcome to the podcast Sarah. Uh, hopefully this is a very informative uh, discussion that we're going to have today and, and hopefully our listeners can, can take some value from, from your experience and, and, and from what you're going to be talking about today. Brilliant, thank you. Let's get straight into it. Um, so what exactly is, is fraud Sarah? On a basic level, fraud is deception carried out for personal gain, and that's usually money. Um, it can also involve the abuse of position of trust. Um, so by NHS fraud, we mean that any fraud where the NHS is the victim. Um, it's a criminal offence under the Fraud Act 2006, um, and it holds a maximum sentence of 10 years imprisonment and or an unlimited fine. So there are three main offences of fraud, um, the first one being when someone dishonestly makes a false representation. So this can be someone, for example, lying on a job application form about a qualification that they don't have, or it could be someone falsely claiming overtime hours that they haven't worked. Um, the second one being abusing their position. So this could be a manager authorising payment of false invoices. Or it could be, for example, um, someone in payroll setting up like a ghost employee, which is like a pretend employee, in order to receive false wages. And then the third one is failing to disclose information. Um, so, for example, this could be an unspent criminal conviction or um, perhaps a job uh, that requires a clean driving licence and they don't disclose uh, a driving disqualification for that job. Are there any particular types of fraud that you find yourself coming across in, in, in your role as anti-fraud specialist? Oh, there are lots of different types of fraud in the NHS. Um, at the moment, one of the most common types of fraud that I'm dealing with is people working whilst off sick. Um, so this is a person who's off sick when the trust is working elsewhere, and that could be either at another tr trust, another NHS organisation, or it could be at another organisation, say a private company. So if a employee isn't well enough to work at the trust and they should not be working elsewhere. Um, secondary employment should be declared to the trust um, as per the employment contract. Uh, there are declarations of interest forms that people should be completing if they are working um, at another organisation. So if a person is thinking of working elsewhere whilst off sick, um, they should be speaking to their line manager in HR about this. Um, I understand that this wouldn't usually be agreed. However, if it if agreed in exceptional circumstances, this agreement should be put into writing prior to it happening. Another common type of fraud is when an agency worker falsifies their timesheets um, claiming for hours that they haven't worked, or another example is an employee claiming overtime that they haven't worked. Uh, we've also seen a big increase in the number of cyber-enabled fraud, uh, the most common being bank mandate fraud. So this is when a fraudster is purporting to be from one of the trust suppliers, and they will often email the trust advising that their supplier's bank details have changed so that when the trust next pay that supplier, the money's paid into the fraudster control bank account and it often is taken out very quickly. 
And it's quite interesting that you you mentioned the um, the case where if, if somebody is off sick and uh, goes and works for another trust, because there was something that was in the news recently about, I think it was a doctor or a nurse uh, in, in the NHS who was working at, at a particular trust and then um, they were found to be off sick and working at another trust doing overtime hours elsewhere mm. and um, it, it's, it's quite shocking, to be honest, to, to yeah. be seeing instances of this occurring in, in, in the NHS. Um, so, like, that's just one, you know, real life kind of uh, example that that has just been in the news recently. In terms of, like, real life uh, examples of, of, of fraud, are there any that, that you've come across? Yeah, I mean, I'm investigating cases on a daily basis. Um for your trust and other trusts um so in respect to some sort of real life cases that have gone all the way sort of through to the crown prosecution and then into court and been prosecuted um i'll i'll just mention a few um so there was a case that at this trust actually so this actually didn't go through to the crown prosecution service because the fraudster couldn't be traced but this was when a fraudster contacted the trust uh, they were purporting to be an employee of the trust and requested that the trust change their bank details and this was done, which unfortunately resulted in their net salary payment being paid into the fraudster control bank account and the money was drawn straight away. So in this case, unfortunately, we couldn't progress with the case because the fraudster couldn't be traced. Uh, there was an investigation carried out by uh, Mersey Internal Audit Agency in, in 2022. This was for another trust and it was in respect of a medical secretary amending their annual leave records and also claiming overtime that they had not worked. Uh, this case was passed through to the Crown Prosecution Service. They made a decision that they wanted to prosecute. And then uh, this person was sentenced to a six month custodial sentence, which was suspended for 12 months. They had 80 hours unpaid work that they had to carry out. And they also had to repay the uh, fraud overpayments of £4,160. Another example, again, which Mersey Internal Audit Agency investigators was in respect of an agency worker. Um, so they'd worked at a trust as an agency worker under a false identity and then they'd stopped working there for a while but then subsequently worked for the trust again at a later date but using their genuine identity. So this was obviously picked up um, by staff within the trust um, it was identified that this person had two identities but using two different identities but the same person on the system. Uh, it was actually passed to the Home Office for investigation and this person was arrested at his home address um, and he was sentenced in court to nine months imprisonment for charges of possession and use of false identity documents and also um, fraud by false representation. And I'll just mention one more case, this another case, it was a security manager and another trust. Um, he abused his position of trust um, he was responsible for the mobile phone contract and he was ordering mobile phones but then selling them on to a mobile phone recycling companies and obviously obtaining that money. Um, he also set up a mobile phone contract in his son's name uh, which cost that trust more than £4,500 in contract fees and data charges. The CPS took that case on and he went to court and he pleaded guilty um, of three counts of fraud by abuse of position. He was dismissed from his job with the trust um, and he was also sentenced to 12 months in jail, which was suspended for 18 months. And he was ordered to perform community service of 250 hours. And um, he was also ordered and paid back the trust over £16,000. 
So kind of following reports of fraud, um, what I would normally do is I'd work with the trust just to ensure that the current controls are reviewed and are adequate and to avoid the trust being a victim of fraud again. So, I mean, just from what you've listed out there, you know, there's a wide variety of, of cases of fraud that have, have occurred and no doubt, you know, sadly may be occurring. Uh, and, mm. and, and also it's quite clear to see that the punishment for them is, is quite severe as well, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I, guess, I guess, you know, this is just uh, highlighting how how dangerous committing fraud is uh, mm -hmm. on, on, on people's livelihoods, the, the NHS, which is publicly funded. So mm -hmm. essentially these people are just stealing from themselves, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a very serious criminal offence. Um, I mean, it's estimated that the NHS is vulnerable to about 1.2 billion pounds worth of fraud each year you know that's taking money out away from vital patient care and resources um it's enough to pay for like 40,000 staff nurses or 5,000 ambulances and like you say the you know the NHS is available to all of us it's funded by uh, from the public purse um so someone when someone commits fraud against the NHS we're, we're all ultimately paying for it Exactly, exactly. So let's say someone has suspicions um, or that maybe one of their colleagues or someone who they work, they work within the NHS and other trust is yeah. um, committing fraud. H how do people go about re reporting suspicions or instances of, mm -hmm. of fraud? Yeah, well, it's really important that people who suspect fraud, bribing, corruption report it, basically. Um, this can be done anonymously. So there's um, the Counter Fraud Authority. Um, they have like an online form that you can complete anonymously, or you can telephone them on um, 0800 028 4060. Um, and you can obviously report your suspicions, or you can report them to myself. Um, my contact details are on the Trust Anti Fraud page. Um, obviously, it's Sarah Bailey. Um, or you can report them to Michelle Brown, who's the director of finance, um, with your suspicions. And ultimately, those reports will come through to myself um, and usually make some initial inquiries just to make sure that the, um, you know, I can substantiate the allegations. And then um, if there is evidence, say the person does work for the trust, they have been off sick, then I would carry out um, a full investigation into that. The trust also has um, a counter-fraud policy that has further details about fraud, what it is, how to report it. So that's also on the Trust Fraud Internet page. So it's great that there's so many different avenues that people can, you know, uh, report suspicions or instances of, of fraud, you know, within the within the trust as well. Um, but I want to just uh, go back to the NHS Counter-Fraud Authority online. How mm -hmm. exactly does it work? And is there a website that people can go to? So um, the NHS Counter Fraud Authority um, is a health authority charged with identifying, investigating and preventing fraud and other economic crime within the NHS and the wider health uh, group. So there's a website www.cfa.nhs.uk which has lots of information about fraud and there's also um, a tab that you can click on um, to report fraud like an online form. Um, but it's actually Fraud Awareness Week this week um, from the 12th of November to the 18th. This is all about sort of a global effort on minimising the impacts of fraud by promoting anti-fraud awareness, like doing podcasts like, like this. Um, so basically, that's all about sort of 
informing people what fraud is and um, how it occurs and how to report it in order to sort of prevent it and deter it from happening in the future. And if you need any further information or if there's any departments or people out there that would like some fraud awareness training, please, I'm happy for you to contact me and I can carry out some fraud awareness training for your team. Or if you, even if you just want a quick chat about um, a fraud concern of yours, no sort of concern is um, silly. You know, please give me a call and we'll have a chat about that. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. Um, I think that's actually a good way to round the episode off. Uh, we have come to the end, unfortunately. I hope everyone who's tuned in has enjoyed listening and found it informative. Thanks to Sarah for joining and sharing some of her expertise with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Take care and hopefully see you in the next one.